Welcome to Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks, your secret weapon to protect your assets and never have to start over financially again. Vance and Seth help high net worth individuals, families, business owners, and investors structure an asset-protected, tax-free fortress for their families. Learn how to keep what you earn and use the velocity of money to create your own private banking system. Join us on this journey as we explore the secret strategies of the rich and political elite and help you take total control of your financial security. Now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wealth Architect Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Yegi, and I'm really glad you're here today. We have an interesting guest today that has some really interesting perspectives on some cool topics that I know you're going to want to hear about, things like asset protection, self-financing your automobile, you know, why you may or may want to not want to have a 401k. We're going to try to get a lot of these topics in for you today because they're not normally what we talk about on the Wealth Architect podcast, but they are important and you should know about them. We have an expert in the financial market, stocks, bonds, 401ks, other retirement vehicles, and he's the CEO at Private Banking Strategies. And he's got a keen awareness of market risks and dangers that put clients' money and retirement funds at risk, which we don't want to have happen. And he's discovered the age-old secret to the ultra-wealthy, and you've heard us talk about it kind of before, but that's that we should be our own bank, right? So let's welcome Vance Lowe. Vance, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come in. It's just a great, fun way to discuss issues that bother us, that we may be concerned about, maybe government a little bit, but getting back to some old school basics as well that we might have left off. So I am just thrilled to be here. Good. We're glad to have you. And, and let's start off the top. You know, right now we're in the middle of a banking crisis or at the beginning of a banking crisis or at the end of the banking crisis. Depends on what strategy and perspective you have. So let's just start off controversially by talking about that. What do you think is going on? Just this week, we've had three banks fail and the Fed is bailing those banks out like we knew they would. What do you think of all that? Well, I think it's the tip of the iceberg. I think our banking system has done some things to us for some time. I believe it all occurred when the Federal Reserve first was sanctioned by our government. <clears throat> I, I like to tell people this. In 1900, America lost a war. We don't know we lost a war, but we did. Sure. And the Federal Reserve took over at that time, and they, they mandated three things. It was the Federal Reserve that mandated the IRS, brought in the IRS to control our assets. It was the Federal Reserve that put in Social Security, the national Ponzi scheme, so to speak. <laughs> and then I think the worst case is they mandated education, took over the schools, the government schools now. And we have what we have today. So <clears throat> they rule behind the scenes, you know, let the government <laughs> take all the, the heat, the pressure. But uh, yeah, uh, if, if you do things wrong, if you try to create things out of thin air, pretty soon it catches up with you. It has every country. You know, guys, if you really want to see what's going to be happening in America, we just need to look at Venezuela. Yeah. Argentina, 
and we're it's almost the playbook here i don't know everybody <laughs> goes by this these rules oh we have to do this next you know and and so on so you know i really think we're in for something I read a book, a uh, fascinating book last year about Zimbabwe, and I knew the whole story about Zimbabwe. They just kept adding zeros to the bills. And I actually have a, a $50 million bill from Zimbabwe. I have two of them. So I, I'm a hundred millionaire, right? Because I've got a hundred million dollars worth of Zimbabwe dollars. But I found it interesting when I looked at those, they have an expiration date, which is really to me, and we can even talk about this, is the precursor to a central bank digital currency, which the you know the Fed is probably going to be introducing very quickly. And that's just the beginning of the end of them controlling how much money you can have. And if you have the right opinion, and if you have the right opinion, then you can get at your money. And if you don't, then you can't, you know, if you use too much, you know, we'll see it's art producing meat or something, you know, the you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's it's not going to be good. You know, it's, it's people like yourselves, and this is why I'm so thankful for you and your services, is helping the people understand we can't allow a digital currency. And here's what people don't understand. They really do have power. I found that in the state of Texas, if you call your representative, your, your congressman, you represent X number of zero people, and it starts as low as 10,000 people. That's the lowest. But in some circles, especially in things like this, you make a phone call, you're representing over 100,000 people that think like you. So if you get you, your friends, other people calling saying, look, not only do we not want you to go to digital currency, how about going back on a uh, gold standard? This will really get them. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck with that. But you know, go back on a gold standard. Get you know, get your act together, and because we're not going to put up with it, you won't believe what you know how how it will scare them. Don't you, know, you think going back to a gold standard will just open us up to more of the same? Because we always, no matter when there's ever been a gold standard ever introduced in humanity, they've always gone off the gold standard, right? Right. Right. So it could could basically create more of the same. I don't know. That's what I'm afraid of. But we shouldn't let any kind of central bank digital money come into play. But they're going to say, hey, look, all these bank failures, it would have been a lot better if we had CBDCs. And we should implement them as soon as possible so that we don't have these failures anymore. And the Fed just prints money out of thin air to, to rescue all these places, right? Well, you know, we've got to point out who caused the problem. And we can't leave it in their hands. No, you, you know, we're not going to let the people who cause the problem try to solve it. Yeah, well, we always have. We always have. So, And, and, and we deserve what we get. Yeah. <laughs> That's what well, I'm... That, that brings me to a question, Vance, and that is, that is, you know, what what is the next currency? Is it a, is it a cryptocurrency? You know, there's 20,000 coins out there and there's Bitcoin. Is it is it a gold-backed dollar? Is it a CBDC that is more fiat money printing? What do you think? You know, I really don't know the answer to that. It could be anything. What I'm concentrating on is what if we don't want to play that game? Okay. What if we don't want to participate? Is there an environment? Is there an economy? Is there a way to do that? I say there is. And this is what I think our government and banking and the IRS don't want us to know. And I think we need to get this information out. We go back and we declare our independence and we live our own lives. We have ways right now, I've got probably close to a thousand clients 
who live in an environment that do not create any legal taxable events inside mm -hmm. their economy. So if we can go back to that with what our, our country had, what made our country so strong, and it's, it's, it's as simple as, hey, people used to get in covered wagons and go out west where wild Indians and no settlement, and they would survive, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's because they knew something. They knew how to survive. They knew how to run their own family unit, their own individual units for that success. Those that didn't, yeah, they fell by the wayside. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought I thought the government had to take care of us. I, had to, I thought the government told us how to run our families and run our education and run our companies and tax well, us to do it and run and, and, and pay for other countries on top of it. I, I thought the government was the answer to everything. That's why that's the new education. That's it. It's the same thing with children vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. It isn't that the non-vaccinated are 10% or 20% healthier. They're over a hundred times healthier. Isn't that something? Than children who have gone and taken all their shots and been vaccinated. Yeah. Our own immune system is superior to everything but it needs to be exercised kids need to get sick that's <laughs> their job as little kids little teeny kids they got to get sick go through everything and they become the most healthy people on on the planet yeah oh you know you know the opposite so and that's what's really facing us right now is a deep population of america so it's it's frightening. The banks are have come in, and I, I thought this is how they would handle it. They would turn around. They don't want to introduce the Dodd-Frank Act just yet. However, they socked it to the stockholders. Sure. The stockholders get nothing. And, you know, here's what's really funny. The presidents, all the all the employees, the vice presidents of that bank, went ahead and paid all their annual bonuses. They paid sure. out themselves a hundred percent. They went to their top clients. They told them to get their money out. I mean, officially do I know of some of this? It's not in print, but you can see it. <laughs> you can see, I forget who I'll, I'll remember in a minute, but he had all of his, his stock and money in that. And they, you know, he got it out, you know, a couple of months ago, just, just recently. And management sold off a lot of stock right before. Oh yeah, uh, and all their the stock imploded. was sold. Silicon Valley Bank is the bank we're talking about. So, I'm a believer in Bitcoin, and you know I don't necessarily know if it's going to replace everything or anything, but I think it certainly is a viable option to sit alongside you know of some of the other currencies that we we quote here. It's the only currency with scarcity. The other ones have an unlimited scarcity, including all the fiat systems that have ever been created. This is the first truly scarce asset, certainly that acts as a currency. So will it sit next to the dollar in the future and maybe act as a store of value and the dollar will kind of be your checking account while Bitcoin is your savings account? What do you think of something like that? Well, again, right now, government's not controlling the Bitcoin. That's right. And if government can't control, they will do everything they can to destroy it yeah and you you know kind of how that that's going on right now so I, I agree with you it could be you know the solution if we could keep that independent if we could stop all the new coins <laughs> 
that that's a problem because there are a ton of coins out there that are trying to enter the market that are not legitimate and people you know will buy some of those and everything so you you've got to have some regulation there i think but it sure could you know yeah. i've got a lot of clients 100 trading in bitcoin did that story feel like it was about you do you feel like you are generating a lot of revenue but are not moving forward as fast as you would like? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about retirement because that's a big deal for us. And I, I think you have a concept when it comes to automobile ownership. Talk, talk to us about that and why that's so, so important. Well, it's an example of what we have to do. Okay. I take a lot of my education and learning from R. Nelson Nash. He was my mentor and tutor, and he is the one that started the Infinite Banking Foundation. And our spinoff on that, we, we call ourselves Private Banking Strategy. Mm. But that's a good illustration of how money works. We have to understand what money really is. First of all, the common individual doesn't know. Even people in six and seven figure income, yeah, they've been lucky or they've done this. They've, you know, and now they've got a lot of money coming in and they've got money working for them. See, we're, you've got the person who works for money and you got the person who has money working for them. Mm -hmm. And you have to have the money working for you. Even, even a, a low paid blue collar can turn his world around in a heartbeat and have his money working for him if he puts the banking equation back in people's lives. And you mentioned this earlier, and this is the crook of things. Let's do car financing. Let me give a good example here for everybody. Yeah. Let's say you have a car and you financed it. And I would like to make an announcement and, and throw out a question and ask how many people don't have a car payment? And all those who raise their hand, let's laugh with them and call them liars <laughs> okay. because you're still driving. And what the banks have taught you how to do is say, when you get done with that car payment, you're done with car payments. You can shift that payment over to something else. Okay. But they didn't get the money back. Banking is all about getting the money back, right? I suppose. Sure. So all we have to do is show people how to get back 100% of their monthly expenses every month, just like the banks, but they have to incorporate that there's, there's things that are missing. Banks never don't get the money back, right? They always get it back. And there's okay. a reason for that. Number one, it's always lent, right? Mm -hmm. Number two, if I, client or an account goes bad, a lot of people, well, they could lose money that way. Why are banks failing? This, this is not why banks are failing. Okay. They're failing on a magnitude of other problems. Sure. Collateralized, you know, they want 10 times the collateral before they'll sign any type of business loan. They want to own your receivables. They want to own all your assets. Okay. They want to own your children. 
your grandchildren, <laughs> all in collateral. So what's the solution there? So the solution is, is if you're going to put 100% of your money in someone else's bank and let them profit off of it, switch that to yourself. It doesn't mean we can give up banking because we still have to do bill pay and everything else. I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm talking about where our money resides. So if we set up our own system, then we can do the same thing that the banks are doing. Let me give you a good example of why we finance every single thing we purchase. We were taught as kids, the best way to get through life is to pay cash for everything, right? You know, but that's financing right there because we give up the interest we could have earned on that money for the rest of our lives. And it puts us back to zero. And that's the bank strategy for all of us is to get back to zero, go into debt, buy your car, almost get it all paid off. So you're at zero again, then go finance another car. Hmm. or save it up until you got enough money to pay the car. Now take your money, pay for the car. Okay. Now you have to save up for the next car. Everybody has a car payment. Okay. But if you were to self-finance it, then you would make the profits and everything. So let me give you an example. I'm the finance company, low financial services, and I do this all day long. I really do. You have an existing car loan and the balance on the loan is about $10,000, but your monthly payment is 500. Okay. So I just 10,000. Okay. That's what I would have to come up with to buy the loan. The monthly payment is 500. That's good. And the interest rate we're going to say is eight and a half percent. I would buy this debt in a heartbeat. And when I ask people why, Everybody goes, well, you're going to make that eight and a half percent. And then I ask them, what would happen? Do you think my motivation would change if the interest rate was zero? Oh, well, sure. Why would you even do it then? It wouldn't even hinder my motivation, folks. Now, why is that? Here's why. There's two numbers left. And it's called velocity. Volume of return. So let's do the math here. I've got to come up with $10,000. I got to put $10,000 to work. What am I going to receive monthly on this deal? 500, 500. a month mm -hmm. times 12. That's $6,000 a year. If I want to find out what my volume rate of return is, I divide the annual volume, $6,000 by my money at work. Is a 60% volume rate of return high enough for you? I don't know what to compare a volume rate against. Okay. It's money back in your control it's now in your hand it's a second okay. touch all right what can you do with that six thousand dollars now right you buy more debt at the same rate 60 percent is about the average okay in other words we we can double assets about every two and a half years without any risk except that guy looking back at you in the mirror so self-financing cars, there's different ways to do it. You can look on our, on our websites. We have little podcasts and everything that really go into detail on how people can, can self-do this all different ways. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Let's shift gears in our remaining time to how do you pay zero tax on your investments and the growth that you have in your investments? Okay. That's something you talk about, right? So it's, it, it, we just continue then. Okay. Well, 
now we got six thousand dollars backing in because i'm let's say i'm self-financing it one yeah. of the things we have to recognize whenever we start and run a company we have to also be a client of that company we can't steal from our company if you do the research the number one reason businesses fail because they steal from themselves mm. this is why nelson puts this famous grocery store story in his book the grocery store mimics a family's life if the owner's family goes and shops at a store but goes out the back door instead of through the cash register that grocery store will fail every single time number one employees will seem and feel like they're entitled and one can of peas and this is back when you wrote the book stolen takes 20 cans of sold peas to replace one can that's stolen so at a five percent margin which is about right what real yeah, what yeah. grocery stores make okay so once the money comes into our control under our economy we've already paid tax on it now i did this to myself i took over i bought my own debt i set it up i kept paying the 500 dollars a month and i got the six thousand bucks back okay and i'm keep doing it there's no taxable event right there is there right because it's a return of payment on a loan right so if you have a bank and you have a client there's no taxable events between the two hmm. okay so you can double assets as much as you want it's the volume of return it's the new money coming in that has to have tax on it okay where can this money reside well what if we resided in those old banking contracts with those life insurance carriers, those mutual companies, those participate, you know, the ownership companies who were all the policyholders or, or owners. Sure. It's all tax free unless yeah. you want to be taxed and you break the rule. All the growth, everything in there, every day, it always is a plus. You're always better off than you were the day before. Yeah. So that's where you store your wealth. But here's the other thing. When you go to use it, like if you, hey, I just, I just found a duplex I could go buy, pennies on the dollar. I pull my money out of there, okay, and I'm not pulling my money out. I'm borrowing against it. I'm leveraging it. So everybody, all your clients know pretty much leveraging and everything else. You're not taking your money. You own the company. Now, you can't steal from it, so you're going to pay a little bit of interest, but your money is still going to earn those guaranteed rates plus the profits. Now you're going to go make your deal, and you're going to make those profits as well. As the money comes back in, it's a second, a third, a fourth touch. Hmm. If you spend a dollar and you say, hey, this dollar's worthless. I just put $20,000 on a car and now I own the car. That money now is gone for me forever. You have to go re-earn it. And don't make this mistake, folks, thinking that for every dollar you spend that you lose control of, it's only going to cost you a dollar to replace. The minimum will be two dollars because you've got to pay everyone else along the way. Mm. And that's what banking wants you to do. So let's what you have some information that you can give to people that want to find out a little bit more about what you do, because you have a, a different spin on things. And and you know, that might be interesting for a lot of people. So how can people find out a little bit more about you, Vance? And where can we send them? We have a free book on our website. We call it a red pill book that and it's titled What Banks Don't Want You to Know Will Make You Rich. Sure. We go to the website, download that, and then it's it's from there. If you, if it piques your interest, 
I got all kinds of podcasts, all kinds of information, email services, and we can even have people take it for a test drive before they get involved. You can literally see with your own numbers what this strategy will do for you. Everything's found on privatebankingstrategies.com. Again, privatebankingstrategies.com is where our website is. We welcome everybody to that. Like I said, if, if anything interests you, more information is available. And then you can find on the Nelson Nash Institute good information. Just don't make the mistake of getting into the pornography of banking. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else has tried to sell their wares and they, they'll sell product, but they won't teach the banking part. So Wow. Interesting perspective, Vance. So listen, everybody, the world is changing out there and you've got to be abreast of all the, all the different opinions, all the different angles, all the different ways that you can protect yourself and your loved ones and, and start to position yourself for what's going on in this world. And it's changing quickly. And you're starting to see some cracks in the, in the system that are brought on by this 100-year-old, 110-year-old banking system that Vance has been talking about. And that's the IRS, the Fed, the educational system. All the things that you're seeing now are starting to fail as institutions in this great country are changing. So you've got to know what's going on. People like Vance are bringing a great strategy. Vance, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. And I appreciate your being here and, and offering your, your perspective to the Wealth Architect podcast listeners. I really appreciate the opportunity and thank you so much. Did that story feel like it was about you? Do you feel like you are generating a lot of revenue but are not moving forward as fast as you would like? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com.